0: Welcome to Weekly Insights at Winthrop Capital Management, where we discuss recent developments currently shaping the markets and industries in the global economy. Here's your host, Chief Investment Officer, Greg Hahn. Good morning, everybody. Happy Monday. I'm Greg Hahn, President and Chief Investment Officer of Winthrop Capital Management. And with me in the studio is Amy Anderson, Production Coordinator. Good morning. Good okay. Adam Coons. Good Yo. morning, Adam. Good morning. How you doing?
1: Celebrating this president's day. Yep. Full force.
0: Yep. It's a quiet day. Markets are closed. So it's a chance for all of us to especially me to clean up my office. <laughs> We're getting ready to move too. So for our listeners, uh, in March, we are relocating our office up the up the road. So we gotta pack up 14 years of off. <laughs> I can't say crap on a podcast, can I? stuff So, um, we've got a little bit more to unpack on the economy, um, some some things that were revealed last week, and how that's uh, really, really impacting corporate earnings. And then um, we have some specific issues around corporate earnings that we wanted to talk about, and then expectations for the um, March Fed meeting. And Adam, anything else that's on your um, your thoughts? So let, let me let me kick it off, and then we'll talk about some um, some earnings because it's going to lead right into earnings. But the um, what we're seeing where the the S and P five hundred is down almost eight almost nine percent eight point mm-hmm. seven six yep. percent year to date as of Friday's closed. We touched two percent on the ten year yield, and then back down to one ninety three. So we've seen a shift in in just risk. Right, yep. the markets are there to price risk. They don't judge risk. All they do are the price risk, and when the government is involved in manipulating interest rates, it's actively involved in changing the price of risk. So, investors, we're investors, have to navigate what that, um, what the true how we look at the true price of risk. And so, heading into last year, we were at what 34 times earnings on the SP 500, yep. so second highest of all time in terms of valuation. So, what we're seeing now is just the um the, the come down of those valuations, a normalization of, of, of what, what that would look like. And it's, we can, you know, cause effect, we can point to um, Russia and the Ukraine, we can point to China and Taiwan, any geopolitical issue. But I think we would maintain that it really has to do with the, um, the pullback of the stimulus, which allows then the market to, to um, absorb, discount some of these um, exogenous issues um, and then with that, the real theme has been the pandemic. So we we it, heading into the Christmas season in December, Omicron was was accelerating. That had an impact on um, retail sales in December. But um, we're seeing improvement, yes. and so we're seeing um, shifts again in how um, cities, states, countries, travel industry handles uh, the the um, COVID um, protocols. And so uh, there's encouragement around that.
1: So uh, yeah, those are changing. I mean, schools are starting to do away with masks, mm-hmm. and I, I didn't realize it, but the mask mandate for airports runs out uh, March 18th.
0: So. Really? No, they, they may could renew, renew it, it. But right. So it's it's. I mean, we're we're kind of. Taking one more step, and it's coming through the economic numbers. So last week, we saw retail sales. January retail sales were up three point eight percent. So that reversed that sharp downcline we saw in December. The labor market remains strong. Omicron's fading away, but it's not. It's not. Well, it's not this awesome acceleration. We still have supply chain bottlenecks that are impacting the economy. We still have a labor shortage, and. Um, I'm not sure that the consumer sentiment piece of it is really as solid as retail sales would show. So, one of no, what, what the things that, that happened is the um, the sunset on the $300 tax credit, the child tax credit, and the expectation was that Congress would renew that in some form. Right. Very popular on both sides of the aisle, and this is just with Congress not being able to get anything done, it's just kind of it died, languished. So that's yeah. going to have an impact as well. But. Um, the supply chains, and I'm going to use this as kind of a transition for you. But the supply chains have impacted most any industry, almost every industry. So anything from food to construction to semiconductors—obvious—that's been the obvious one: auto manufacturing, electronics, retailers, and so on. So that's going to have an impact on Walmart. Yep. Which had earnings last week.
1: They did, and they beat the expectations. I mean, 153 was a was a slight beat. <clears throat> And revenue came in at a uh, 1.3 billion, um, or I'm sorry, 152 billion in revenue. Um, store sales was 5.6 percent growth, so that's you know that is growth. An average ticket price was up 2.4 percent, so that that's that inflation piece. Um, transactions in total were up, so the quarter itself uh, was good. It continues to be this this issue is that companies are guiding lower. Uh, because of what you just said, right? Supply chains continue to be an issue. It's hard to prepare for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so Walmart was actually down eight percent on that kind of underwhelming guidance, um, because it's 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 a dynamic where mm-hmm. the, even if the consumer is strong enough, if you can't put the stuff on the shelves, and right, what are you gonna do? <laughs> so, um, and that Walmart's
0: the largest largest of the retailers, right? Yes, yeah. And then, how do we? How would we look at that relative to a Costco? Costco is a different business model.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, all, you look at all the kind of retailers, and you put Target in, in there as well as a, a comp. They all tend to kind of do something that that is somewhat of a specialization. Costco has their obvious cult following that, yeah, uh, and, and bulk buying. But you know, in some ways, they're all dealing with the same issue at the same time. Um, the one retailer—I'm going to put that in quotes—that's been able to weather this is the best has honestly been Amazon, and that's because they were ahead of the game on integration of supply chain. You know, they have their own ships, their own planes, and right. so you know that—that's—that's that's helped them. Um, so, I, but we've seen Walmart taking that same path, right? They're trying to, to integrate their supply chain.
0: Well, and of all the of all the brick and mortar traditional brick and mortar retailers, I think Walmart's done the most to um, to do. Uh, um, business extensions that that compete with Amazon right absolutely yeah. I don't know if they're working or not they have a they have a streaming or, or a, a DVD download business. they do yeah
1: I mean they kind of have some variant like, you know they have a some variant that replicates what Amazon does in different ways usually at a, you know they're a the low cost provider so that's how they tend to mm-hmm. do it but yeah Voodoo is their their streaming service um, they don't, obviously don't make their own content but right it's their way of- well speaking of streaming <laughs> yeah
0: so the uh the redheaded stepchild in the streaming industry is the Viacom right. and I can say that because growing up Roman Catholic and Irish in Milwaukee Wisconsin right we had a lot of redheads so yeah <laughs> <laughs> so the um is Viacom CBS yeah so it
1: changed into Paramount Global
0: so So, um, but the, the kind of, the, the, the snicker was when they announced that they were going into the streaming business last year. I think if the analysts actually in the call or two years ago, Sherry Redstone did the announce. there was just a lot of snickering that the analysts didn't take it seriously. Right. So they announced this last week that they have 30, 32 million subscribers. Yeah. Um, now keep in mind Netflix has 220. right. <laughs> yeah. so They are admittedly late to the um to the technology to the to the party here. But that's a meaningful it is, yeah. A meaningful move. So they've they've shown that they can get it done. I think there was a lot of excitement around that. And right. They, you know, there's nothing like a name change just a catalyst <laughs> to be a catalyst for a business to move forward, right? <laughs> it's kind of like whitewashing what you Well, but the, you know what though? Paramount is an asset. It is so
1: putting the name of the asset. I mean, I, I can't Fast and Furious it. looks like it's got at least ten more movies in the pipeline. <laughs> so <laughs> they, they get better. They That's just sure. get better. <laughs> just add more and more stars, and eventually you can have thirty I, major cast. Look, I when they added The Rock, I, I, I thought it
0: was a turn for the. It was a good turn. Yep. Now The Rock's out.
1: Oh, he yeah. well, yeah, he was out last one. Yeah, they're, they're putting in uh, John Cena as the the new Meathead. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> so this it, it goes back to the same question that we've been asking probably for a while, and it seems to be getting worse is how is this any different than we're going to have to go back to some bundling service because we have 15 different streaming services? It costs more to subscribe yeah. to each one individually than it did through cable. Yeah, it's extremely fragmented right now, but um. I just saw a stat, 45% of uh, US viewership is now streaming. So, you know, it's real. The shift is is real. So yeah. you're going to have to see um, this adapt a little bit. And in some ways, I wonder if a, a Comcast or a Google, so someone's going to have to be that aggregator for all of this. Well, and it, it comes down to content. Yeah.
0: That, that's what has um, been the, the amazing shift of this whole paradigm is it was the, the networks controlled the content. And now with um, the money that's that Netflix, Amazon, Apple are putting behind right content, and that's the challenge that Viacom's got.
1: They, well, have, they, they have, got to step up because when Netflix and Apple are winning all the awards, right. you know, <laughs> literally winning them all at these at these award ceremonies. It, yep,
0: you got to do something different. Yeah, there's and it's it's actually we joke in our family it's hard to keep up because there's so much content out there. there is, now. Yeah, so I was watching. I'm on the third episode now of The Beatles Get Back. Which is on streaming on Disney Plus. So it's it's the culmination now of the rooftop concert. Which um that's the
1: you know, it's but it's been fascinating to watch and I just love it. So Well, I'd say that's the difference now too, is there's something for everybody. You know, you're not forced to just watch mm-hmm. whatever the TV guy tells you is coming on next. You know, you can really specialize and there's yeah. so much content that you truly can't get whatever you want. I think we streamed Hamilton for the 10th time also. This, this weekend, <laughs> Everybody's worth it. was singing all the songs. <laughs> okay. What else you got? Um, so uh, the only other thing I want to cover here on the stock side, we did uh, add to a, a stock that was Merck. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's on the, on the pharma side, just pharma in general has struggled. Biotech has struggled. Um, but Merck has been one of those plays we've been in and out of over the last few years. Uh, tends to be kind of that safety play when volatility picks up, but but here we've got a story where we've got a favorable valuation, you've got a growth story. Um, so on the just to set the groundwork, uh, really their their big businesses are uh, treating HPV, the Hep B, uh, hepatitis B virus, um, and they do a lot of pediatric stuff. So they they own Keytruda, uh, which had 17 billion in sales, and then Gardasil is their vaccine for HPV, which is uh, their other big drug that grew 39% this last quarter, so a lot, a, a, a strong pipeline of drugs, um, but at the same time, uh, it has underperformed, which has led it to to really a, a favorable valuation. So right now, trading at 10 times forward PE uh, on average, it trades at 15 times. Um, so when you look across the the pharma kind of landscape, Lilly, Bristol. Uh, Johnson & Johnson is by far the cheapest of the bunch and 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 like I said has a strong pipeline of of strong drugs that, um you know with patent expirations still far into the future uh, we thought this was a good opportunity so so added that to the large cap blend this last week mhm yep
0: so we're going to make a few shifts in large cap blend this year and also focus growth so yeah. focus growth has been heavy in the in that um that tech space with recurring revenues and that that's been been hit. But then, I mean, look, we are down 8.76, right? Companies that hit earnings are, are still getting, are selling off hard. So yeah, plenty of stocks down way more than 10%. So, so really, and that's, so look, this is, as investors, we're, we're definitely buy low, sell high. So we are in a market that is shifting. Um, the, the, you know, we've been doing this a long time. And uh, admittedly, our tendency is to step in too early. Sure. But it's, um, it's really, really clear. There's some great companies that are out trading a lot cheaper now. Yep. So being able to shift into those and, um, and reposition the portfolio for 2022. That's kind of the, the theme for the first quarter. Here. It yep. is. yeah. Yep. All right. With that, we'll, we'll wrap it up. Thank you for listening. And we'll talk to you through the week. All investments are subject to risk, including the possible loss of the money you invest. The information presented in this podcast is intended for educational purposes only and does not take into consideration your personal circumstances or other factors that may be important in making investment decisions. You may access and download this podcast only for your personal and non-commercial use. You may not use it in any other manner or for any other purpose without Winthrop's written permission. Copyright 2020. Winthrop Capital Management, LLC. All rights reserved.